Hello and welcome. Oh. I'm good. I'm good. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ranking Thrones, the podcast where I, James Kelly, and I, I am Macho. We're going to meet. At, we meet every week to discuss a king who sat on the Iron Throne. Uh, we pretend that the ki- imaginary kings and queen who sat on that throne were real and uh, go through the and uh, judge them uh, on our own little point system. Mm-hmm. So last week. Evan and I went through the really horrific and terrible reign of Magor the Cruel. <laughs> Deserves his name. Yes, very much so. I, I may make an argument that he should have been called Magor the Evil, but <laughs> Cruel is really just like a simple point. But that being said, and if you go back to our episode, we did d- decide that ultimately, yes, evil, but he was a dragon. Yes. He was a dragon. He was someone worth remembering. Mm-hmm. He was special. Right. Now we're going to cover, on this episode, we're, we are covering the fourth man to sit on the Iron Throne, Jaehaerys mm-hmm. I. Right. So, first off, let me ask you, Evan, can you tell mm-hmm. me anything about, oh, and uh, in case this is, the, this is your first episode, yeah. And this is a wonderful episode to jump in on because Jaehaerys is a very fun king to talk about. <laughs> um, spoiler alert for Evan. I'm a big book fan of the series. Evan's more a fan of the, just the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, Evan is able to come in with a fresh perspective mm-hmm. on certain things. Mm-hmm. And so I always ask him in every episode, what can you tell me about Jaehaerys the First? The only thing that I know about him, and this is just kind of from rumors, is that he ruled the longest of all the kings on the Iron Throne. But other than that, he's not mentioned in the series, as far as I can tell, he's not mentioned in the series at all whatsoever. Um, and if he is, it's, it's definitely a little blink and you'll miss it moment. Oh, he is not mentioned at all. No. Never mentioned. Which, as we'll go through, it, like it's kind of weird for for two particular kind of things that's kind of weird he isn't mentioned well but it's, like it's I mean, for a guy, even for the guys who reigned a long time you see that a lot with the, with the many kings per se is with many kings especially things like the roman emperor some of the roman emperors ruled for 20 30 years but they're not really up there they're like they're mm-hmm. not really super well known the five good emperors are probably a good example oh um, yes i'd say with the exception of trajan and arguably hadrian really they're kind of forgotten and even marcus aurelius would have been pretty much forgotten if it wasn't for gladiator well that and also all those great um philosophy quotes that are micro or refrigerator pins but right yeah well we will probably mention the romans and as we go on and and tell jaharis's story but for now let's start with this so about the sources by the way we we still have fire and blood and the world of ice and fire Mm mm-hmm and uh, just so you know, like this was um, like the rumors are, and this is behind closed doors and a little bit tinfoil hat, but mm-hmm. like um, just as George R. R. Martin was um, preparing the world of ice and fire, he just went nuts and ended up creating basically what would be fire and blood, except mm-hmm. for Jaehaerys' reign. And so as he decided he was going to write fire and blood before finishing the ever elusive and every annoying fan demanding winds of winter he first wrote 
finished Fire and Blood, and he wrote Jaehaerys' reign, which he surprised by ending up coming up with over a hundred pages on this this man's reign. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the longest I think he has detailed for a single king's reign, other than obviously Joffrey and Robert. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here's the story mm-hmm. of Jaehaerys the First. All right. Jaehaerys was the youngest son of King Aenys and Queen Alyssa. He was followed by his sister, Alysanne. He and Alysanne got along wonderfully and expected to be married. During the reign of Magor the Cruel, Jaehaerys and Alysanne were held captive in all but name by Queen Visenya on Dragonstone. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like, you're our guests at, at, on Dragonstone. Can we leave? No. No. Of course not. That was, that was very common. That's yeah. that's been common for centuries, especially in the medieval era, and it was there were usually two two reasons. One, it was um, usually to make sure that a lord wouldn't rebel, and uh, the other one was you have property I want, give it to me, and I'll release your your kids. Yes, Magor did this as well. Mm-hmm. Like Martin, like is a as a fantasy writer, but he took inspiration from a lot of history. Yes, so. While the rightful heir, Aegon, was held in Lannisport, his older brother, Viserys, was held in King's Landing and designated as Magor's heir. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can tell from the last episode, that didn't work out. Right. And by the title of this episode, that didn't work out. Yes. When Visenya passed away, Alyssa escorted, uh, Alyssa escorted her children out of Dragonstone. In retaliation, Magor executed Jaehaerys' brother, Viserys, and had his body torn and displayed all throughout King's Landing to egg Alyssa to come and claim her son. It did not work. Jaehaerys and the rest of his family went to the Targaryen's strongest allies, the Baratheons. Rogar Baratheon proudly bent the knee and hailed Jaehaerys as the rightful king. Jaehaerys Jaehaerys named Rogar his hand and lord protector during his regency. When Magor committed suicide, Jaehaerys went to King's Landing and sat on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Even though Jaehaerys was young and not yet the official king, he was in his adolescence. He weighed in on the political matters, announcing a general amnesty where he would pardon all the lords who swore to Magor. Mm-hmm. He also ordered the prisoners cleaned and brought before them to see if they were innocent. Many were, but they had been in captivity for so long that they had been driven mad. Jeez. Oh, and I forgot to mention earlier, one of the things we always talk about in the podcast is, does he? Does the king have a nickname? And yes, he was ma- mostly known as Jaehaerys the Conciliator, mm. which is an old term that means bringing together. Interesting. He was also known as the Old King, which is somewhat ironic because he ascended to the throne at the age of 14. Wow. He would earn that nickname, though, in time. Right. Jaehaerys had all of the... Spoiler alert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jaehaerys had all of the Kingsguard take the black, including the ones who had defected to Jaehaerys before Magor's death, as they had all broken their vows to protect their king. Oops. Those are very serious vows, and he and he mm-hmm. took them very seriously. He held a melee tournament to, and and this is actually going into a bit of why Ned Stark is not really ridiculous in saying 
Jamie Lasser needs to take the black. This is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Kingslayer can, like should be executed. Right. Very like at the bare minimum punishment is is the wall. Like mm-hmm. he should not be on the Kingsguard. Right. Still there. And then eventually a captain, which is more just like, what? And that's why, like, Barrison, like, loses it. Like, no, no, this is this is too far. Yeah. Although, Jamie's a very complicated character, although we're not going to get is. into that yet. He is. He is. But, I mean, this is, it shows what happens when systems have been in place for a long time. Sort of those traditions start to sort of, shall we say, wane in in the face of, Whoever's got got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Jaharis seven. Oh, oh. So Jaharis held a melee tournament to determine the seven to be on the king's guard. Mm-hmm. It was a great, lavish, fun tournament, and that they they spe- specified it should be a melee because it should be more fighting instead of just simply jousting. Right. To really determine that these men should be the best warriors mm-hmm. to defend Jaharis. Yeah. Jaharis seven were said to be the greatest king's guard of them all. Wow. During this time, the rebellion of the poor fellows led by Septon Moon was still ongoing. Yeah. Septon Moon was probably not a Septon and illiterate. <laughs> so, kind of a double whammy. Yeah. But he gathered a huge following. He had sex with many of, the, of his camp followers, successfully impregnating the women thought barren. Jesus. Septon Moon said he would never recognize Jaharis. However, the lords who supported Septon Moon were reluctant, suggesting mm. they were more in opposition to Magor. Mm. Septon Moon was assassinated by a girl. No one knows who paid the girl, but Septon Moon was dead, and with him, the Faith's Rebellion. Ah. Now, in the book, which we won't cover here, there are a lot of theories as to who paid, paid the assassin. It was mm. obviously an assassin. Like, people think it's the Faceless Men, which is like, mm, that's not their calling card. Like, if it's the faceless men, you kind of won't know it's the faceless men doing the job. Right. So, like, in all likelihood, it was probably the lords. Mm-hmm. So, the poor fellows and the warrior's son surrendered and went before King Jaharis. Right. They petitioned that the faith militant be restored, but Jaharis refused, saying that the crown was now the defender of the faith. Huh. It's very smart. And that's like part of the, the brilliance where he brings together. He ordered the warrior's sons to die to die for rebelling, but offered them to take the black. Right. And that's all already like we're gonna get into it when we talk about the king, but that's really smart. It's like saying that I won't let this power like mm-hmm. this is like Megor was accidentally right in saying like no, like the the crown, like there cannot be a separate army around. No. It can only be the crown, it can only be the lords. Yes. And and we will defend the faith. We will represent the faith, but the faith won't be the separate mil- military power. Right. That was actually a huge, huge problem in um that was a huge problem during the Middle Ages because sometimes the church would literally buy their own armies. Oh yes, absolutely. And that became a colossal problem when they needed to get money, when kings needed to get kings needed to get money. Mm-hmm. So but you're right. Generally, generally, the faith should not have its own army, mm-hmm. um, even though it did happen in history quite a bit. Oh, yes. Knights mm-hmm. Templar. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yes. Alyssa and Rogar were married, which set a wedge in the family as Jaharis had not been asked his consent. Ah. He, he also did not like that, they, that the lords were planning on arranging a marriage for the king without his consent. Mm. Now, I should mention also, Alyssa and Rogar, they got one humongous lavish wedding. It was one of the most lavish weddings in Westeros history that was dubbed the Golden Wedding. Nice. But for King Jaehaerys, he secretly flew to King's to Dragonstone and took Alysanne with him. A Septon who had served under Dragonstone for years agreed to marry the two. <laughs> Rogar Baratheon and an army arrived. The Queen uh, Mother and the Hand demanded that the marriage be renounced and annulled as it had not been consummated. Interesting. The King's Guard swore they would defend the King. Rogar was tempted to let them live up to their words and live up to their vows. Mm-hmm. But the army backed down, and Rogar was not pleased at all. Uh-oh. During the last year of Jaehaerys's regency period, and again, just to explain, like uh, one of the things that's important, and this does ha- did happen in real life, was that when, it, when a-, a king ascended to the throne, but he was not legally an adult, mm-hmm. they would assign a regent or a protector. This yes. is why um, in in later in Game of Thrones, why when Joffrey ascends to the throne, Robert made sure that that Ned would become protector of the realm in addition to being hand of the king. Right. So he would be the real king. Right. Like king, king in all king in all but name. Yes. So during this last year of Jaehaerys's regency period, Alyssa sent her d- her daughter, several women to hopefully convince Alysanne to give up the marriage before it was consummated. Mm-hmm. Alyssa was convinced that the faith would would rebel against the incestuous marriage. Because mm. she had lived and watched her husband have to deal with it, and all through Magor's reign, deal with that. Right. So, it's not really that ridiculous a thought, honestly. Mm-hmm. Alysanne, however was able to charm and win over the women into defending Alysanne. Ha! Huh. Allegedly, a noblewoman called Corianne Wilde was also sent to Rogar Baratheon, was sent by Rogar Baratheon, rather, to seduce King Jaehaerys to convince him to give up the marriage. The source is an incredibly ribald and is routinely dismissed as being almost entirely exaggerations of a grain of truth. Basically, like, this book is, like, the story, uh, uh, and has numerous titles, and it's the story of this noble lady slowly, like, sexing her way into eventually becoming a sex slave in the East before repenting of her ways and becoming a septa at the end of her life. Mm-hmm. And then, like, supposedly recounting that to someone who wrote it down. Wow. But, like, it's so wild and it's so, like, ribald that it's just, like, it's like... This is probably like ninety nine percent exaggerated. Some, like something happened, but yeah. Not. As a side note, a future king who could never keep it in his pants said that if the story was true, it was a dumb plan because they had no idea whether or not Jaharis would even like the girl. <laughs> Which, like, as we'll talk to you about this king, he is an ass, but I think this guy's got a point. Yeah. But Lady Corianne was indeed sent to the king and queen at this time. 
that is actually proven. Interesting. Proven in a fictional story. <laughs> Some stories have it that King Jaehaerys did sleep, indeed sleep with with Corianne. Mm-hmm. Others that Jaehaerys and Alysanne enjoyed her together. The one story that some people think might be true is that Corianne came to like the king and queen and trained King Jaehaerys in the art of love. Huh. So a little like Doria with Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. During this time, Jaehaerys had the king's guard put him through a rigorous training regimen to shape him into a warrior. Okay. It was successful enough that one of the king's guard bet that if Magor were to somehow return and face Jaehaerys, he would bet on Jaehaerys. Mm. Rogar Baratheon, well, I mean, like, remember, these are warrior people, and they do not, they did not like his, he wanted to avoid how his father was perceived as weak. Right. And he needed to be a warrior, he recognized that. hmm So... Rogar Baratheon, meanwhile, was convinced that Jaehaerys and Alysanne's marriage would set upon disaster. He huh. intended to c- declare Prince Aegon the Uncrowned and Queen Reyna's daughter, Arya, as the queen. Queen Alyssa, at that point, stood and said that he was only the hand, and ultimately mm-hmm. it was her decision on what was to be done for the realm. Right. Rogar was forced to resign as hand and protector of the king. Huh. To explain something that's about to happen, mm-hmm. it was long rumored that the twins Arya and Rayla, Aegon the Uncrowned and Princess Rhaena's d- twin daughters, mm-hmm. were switched at the start of Jaehaerys' reign. Rogar wanted to exploit this rumor by sending men over to Old Town and take the girl claiming to be Rayla and reveal that she was really Arya and have her declared queen. Hmm. The Hightowers were made aware of this plot, and Rogar's brothers were taken prisoner. He later resigned in defeat and proclaimed what he did, he did for the realm. Okay. Jaehaerys returned to King's Landing on his dragon, which proved to be a popular spectacle. He then went out and had Rogar return to King's Landing. Rogar bent his knee, asking for his brothers to be spared and for him to take the black. Mm-hmm. Jaehaerys said that he had not forgotten that Rogar was the first man to hail him as king, and said that he understood why Rogar had made his misguided choices. Mm-hmm. He th- When Rogar was even then offered to be the leader of his army, mm-hmm. which Rogar was surprised, and Rogar then asked if he wanted to have hostages sent to the king. Instead, Jaehaerys had... Rogar brought down to the dungeon where his dragon Vermithor was placed. Oh dear. He said that there was no need to to have any hostages and that he trusted Rogar would not do something foolish again. Mm. Rogar understood the veiled threat. Yes. And this is something that would define Jaehaerys' reign is he would always follow Teddy Roosevelt's method of speak softly but carry a big stick yeah yeah it's it's what Aegon did and what Jaehaerys would would do right Jaehaerys had his queen Alysanne return to King's Landing she rode on her dragon Silverwing the two had a betting ceremony where the marriage was consummated the people mostly did not object to the wedding mm. and to the marriage Queen Alysanne was beautiful and incredibly smart with a maester writing that had she been born a man she would have 
been a great maester. <laughs> she would be beloved by the people and was the most influential queen in the history of Westeros right after Rhaenys and Visenya. Mm-hmm. Though there would be two later who would give her a run for her money, I would argue. Nah. We'll get to those two in a little bit. And I'm not thinking of Cersei, by the way. The king and queen sent out seven ambassadors of the faith to spread the word about how the faithful should overlook the Targaryen's incest. Mm-hmm. One of these ambassadors was Magor's widow, Eleanor Costain, who would, bec- would go on to become a septa. Mm-hmm. So she got somewhat of a nice-ish ending. Mm-hmm. Well, nicest considering what her fate was. Right. The ambassadors preached the doctrine of exceptionalism. They said, and this is a great loophole abuse, by the way, they said that the, the seven forms of God all preached to the Andals that incest was an abomination. Right. But the Targaryens were not descended from the Andalos, but from Valyria, and the gods' laws did not apply to the Targaryens. Furthermore, to put it more colloquially, yeah, I know, see? To put it more colloquially, they argue that the gods made the horse and the aurochs, but the laws of breeding for what you expect of the two creatures are not the same. (laughs) The the Targaryens were far different from the descendants of the Andals and the first men, as they could command dragons. Right. One man was critical of this and said that, was he allowed to marry his sister? Mm Mm-hmm. The Septon responded by saying, if the man tamed a dragon, he would marry the girl himself. Overall, the preaching of exceptionalism worked. However, the former warrior's son serving on the wall did rebel. Mm -hmm. The young Lord Stark, whose father had met Jaehaerys and proclaimed that he saw Jaehaerys' grandfather in the boy, Mm -hmm. was forced to end the mutiny at the cost of his life. Nice. Lord Stark's younger brother... Alaric Stark became Lord of Winterfell. Huh. Jaehaerys quickly formed a council. He chose as his master of coin a Pentoshi merchant named Rego Draz. As his master of coin, this man was extremely unpopular with the people as he flaunted his wealth along with general xenophobia of the wow. people of Westeros. Not good. But this master of coin... Oh, and by the way, for cho- choosing him... Jaehaerys reasoned that he didn't want a rich lord, as many people suggested, because a rich lord had just inherited his money. He wanted a merchant, someone who had made his money. That that was someone who was good with money. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they came to this Pentoshi merchant. Yeah. But this master of coin was able to alleviate the massive debts incurred by Magor by taxing luxury items, as well as introducing taxes for entering and leaving the gates of the cities. For the luxury items, they reasoned, only the rich are going to really feel these taxes, Mm -hmm. and you already want to pay exorbitant amounts of money to have these luxury items, so you'll be willing to pay more because you want those luxury items. Right. While these measures were unpopular, they were successful. Hmm. And more or less, Jaehaerys was able to eliminate the debts incurred by Magor the Cruel. Mm Mm-hmm. Jaehaerys would set about ordering improvements to the King's Landing, turning the city into a more formal and organized city. Remember that Aegon's city was very hastily made, and in all these years from Aegon I all the way up to 
Jaharis, it was just still this kind of accidental haphazard city. Mm. But Jaharis wanted to make it a real city and rival Old Town and rival White Harbor as a, as a real, amazing, impressive city. Nice. He would, through the years of hard labor, mm. expand the cramped roads and streets. Queen Alassane would also convince the rich lords to improve the water system when she brought water drunk by the ordinary small folk and asked if they would take a drink. Mm. Deep wells of clean water were created and the sewer system improved. Fair enough. Queen Alassane would hold her own gathering of any ladies who wished to treat with her when she made various progresses through the realm. It was through these gatherings that she would successfully petition for the lords to mandate that a second wife would be guaranteed the rights and money that she maintained with her husband. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, second wives would often be abandoned by the first children when the husband died. But the laws were also made to guarantee that the firstborn son was always the one who would inherit, as ambitious lords or fathers would not would so would not circumvent the birthright of a firstborn son for a more favored son from a second wife. Right. Do you hear that, Randall Mm -hmm. Tarley? Yes. (laughs) Anyways, all these future callings to later parts in the series. I wonder why I do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jaharis was asked to mediate between an eastern conflict. He agreed, and Alisane went off to the north alone to make a progress. Mm Mm-hmm. She was able to charm and warm the heart of the cold and stoic Lord Alaric Stark. She ended up being able to convince Lord Stark to send his daughter south to marry a southern lord. Her charms worked where Jaehaerys did not, as Lord Stark later met the king and had him visit the tomb of his brother. Ah. Lord Stark openly blamed Jaehaerys for being the reason his brother was dead. Hmm. And Jaehaerys, like, took it in stride. Ah, ah. Alisane visited the wall. She was somewhat surprised and confused that her dragon, Silverwing, refused to cross the wall despite trying three times. <laughs> oh, that, that'll never come up again, probably. Yep. Nothing to make of that. That was oh, yeah. one of the most hi- highlighted parts in Fire and Blood. <laughs> it's George being clever. Like, these books actually do matter, people. Mm-hmm. You think it's not going to tie into the main series? It does. Oh, yes. History repeats itself. Alisane met with the Night's Watch and was convinced of the need for greater supplies and men. She was able to convince Lord Stark to surrender some of his lands south of the Wall to expand the farmlands controlled by the Night's Watch, known as the Gift. Huh. Hmm? I said, huh. Yeah. Lord Stark agreed, though he was concerned that the area could be vastly undefended from wildling attacks, and the expansion of the Gift was called the Queen's Gift. Furthermore, Alisane funded for the construction of a new castle on the wall that was named Queensgate. Oh, God. So they really loved Alisane. Mm-hmm. And I will say, though, that this is like a bit different of the worlds, but they're, they're very generals of selling it Queen's Gift and Queensgate, not Alisane's Gift and Alisane's Gate. Mm-hmm. They're letting it be a bit generic. What I'm thinking of like is just like, you know, like plenty of buildings and bridges like the hoover dam it's named after herbert hoover right and like uh, uh just stuff like that but they don't do that there or the roman road 
it's called the Roman Road, but it was really known as the Appian Way after Appius Claudius. Right. So, but they don't do that in Westeros, I guess. Yet. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. While in the Wall, she would have a gathering of women, all of whom were whores from Mole's town. Mm-hmm. Ale- and this was like kind of like when, when she was at the Wall, she was like, I want to see the women. It's like, the only women are whores from Mo- Mole's town. I was like, they're part of my subject. They're women, and they are part of the realm. Mm-hmm. Alicene would, after that fateful meeting, successfully petition the king to outlaw the old tradition of the Lord's right to the first night of a maiden's marriage. Hmm. Jaharis was kind of concerned that that would set up a little issue with the lords, but he 100% agreed with his wife and had it passed. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't stop later to get another forward callback, um, a Lord Bolton from taking advantage of Lord's right on the, a poor peasant girl. Oh, no. The result of which was a Ramsey Snow. Yes. Particular little monster. Yes, yes. Jaharis and Alisane then sadly would endure an incredibly difficult year that would be known as the Year of the Stranger, where there would be a great amount of deaths and tragedy that befell the royal family and the realm. First was Alyssa Valerian. She was surprised when she was pregnant in her 40s and gave birth to a healthy, black-haired, blue-eyed boy that was named Bormund. Hmm. Odd. Even the even with Valyrian blood, uh, a boy is born... Uh, a Baratheon boy is born with black hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing to make of that. Oh, yes. When she was pregnant in the Year of the Strangers, she would die in childbirth. Lord Rogar was forced to ask between saving his child or his wife. Knowing his wife could not survive, he told them to save the child, which Queen Alyssa agreed with. The baby was a girl they named Jocelyn. Raina Targaryen, the wife of Aegon the Uncrowned, daughter of Aenys, wife of Magor, and the elder sister of Jaehaerys was furious about her mother's death, even though they were estranged at this point, and threatened to kill Rogar if he married again. Interesting. Rogar mm-hmm. laughed off the threat, mm-hmm. but he never did remarry. Mm. Reyna Targaryen would experience a great tragedy, which we will cover in a supplementary episode. Mm. Lastly, there was a great plague that infected all of Westeros during this time that was called, known as the Shivering Sickness. Ooh. Many great lords and ladies and thousands of common folk died. The disease was quick and painful. To everyone's shock and horror, even Princess Daenerys, the oldest child of Jaehaerys and Alysanne, would be the victim of the shivering sickness. Oh, no. Which was a big shock to them because one of their bragging rights as a, as and part of the doctrine of exceptionalism was, we Targaryens don't get sick. Mm-hmm. I guess they do. They guess they do. They're no more human than, than all the others. Yes. At the end of the Year of the Stranger, a mob angrily murdered an unguarded Rago Draz. The mm-hmm. mob believed that the Pintoshi rats had brought the shivering sickness and blamed it on him. The mob was executed by Jaehaerys. Rago Draz was replaced, but none were as effective as him, as mm-hmm. Master of Coin. Mm-hmm. 
After the miserable year of the stranger, Jaharis set about working once more. Jaharis tended to respond to grief by committing to working for the realm. Mm. He made a tour... What? Sounds like Justinian. Ah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Certain people like that, that's how they respond. It's like, yeah, just focus on work, 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 work. Yep. I kind of am that way myself. <laughs> he made a tour with Alisane and declared that the great roads needed to be built. Thus, beginning the long process of building the King's Road. Yep. Jaharis would also mm. lose his hand when Lord Valerian re- retired, wishing to be with his children who survived the shivering sickness. Jaharis successfully had his hand be Septon Barth, an extremely intelligent, conscientious man who is praised by Maester Gildane as the greatest hand of the king. Ooh. I personally think that there are two who could give him a run for that title that we will get to later. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not thinking of Tyrion or Ned. No. The High Septon was one of the victims of the Shivering Sickness. Jaharis wanted to ensure that the next High Septon was an exceptionalist. Jaharis and Alisane flew to Old Town on their dragons to oversee the election mm-hmm. process. With the dragons and bri- and bribes to Lord Hightower, an exceptionalist was arranged to, with the next one being, with the next High Septon also groomed to be an exceptionalist. Mm-hmm. And, and this is interesting. So like that, he really had to make sure no matter what, there would be no future conflict with the realm over, over the faith. Mm-hmm. And another civil war happened. So this is part of like how clever he was as a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also earning him the name, the conciliator, because he always would bring together all these divided people and try to Im- ensure and maintain the peace. <laughs> a new man in Dorne called himself the Vulture King and began an uprising, but he was vastly inferior to the first Vulture King. Right. How- however, he allied with a Baratheon who rebelled against his brother to gain Storm's End. Mm. Rogar Baratheon knew he was dying from a disease. He asked that Jaehaerys and Alysanne look after the welfare of his children and to help him die with a sword in his hand. Nice. Very Baratheon. Yes. Rogar and Jaehaerys crushed the Dornish rebellion, with Jaehaerys mm. personally slaying the treacherous Baratheon in single combat. He offered to do this himself because he didn't want Rogar to become a kinslayer, right. at which point the rogue Baratheon said, Huh, then I'll become a kingslayer. But Jaharis nice. killed him. Nicely done. Rogar survived the war and returned to Storm's End, where he died six months later. Mm. So he didn't sadly die with a sword in his hand. No. Rogar's daughter, Jocelyn, was selected by Alysanne to marry her eldest son, Aemon. Mm. The realm continued to be managed well, but there was another scandal when Sir Lucamore of the Kingsguard was revealed to have married four women. Wow. Sir Lucamore, who was dubbed Sir Lucamore the Lusty, was gelded and sent to the wall. Oops. Alisane was unforgiving of the women, who she said, though were unaware of his polygamy, had, ag- had married a man sworn to chastity. <laughs> so, like, no, you're not that innocent. Yeah. The women were were sent to Seps to pray. The children were sent to several lords to be fostered by them. 
but they were denied the name of their father and were seen as bastards. Hmm. There then came a folly of a war known as the Third Dornish War. Jesus, will they ever give up? No, well... Well, the Vulture King was, like, independent of the, the Prince of Dorn. Still, though, this is the Third, third Dornish Rebellion. And they're kind of left to their own devices, too. Huh. Well, but but listen for this one. This man was called was Prince Moiran Martel, who I note personally is very similar to the word moron. <laughs> he hoped to attack the Stormlands and burn numerous castles. Now, as Maester Gildane points out, there weren't the thousands of castles that Moiran Martel believed there were. In the Stormlands? No. He had little knowledge of the geography of the region, and Jaehaerys was made fully aware of his intentions because he had spies in Dorne, because of course he did. Yeah. And so he was fully prepared when Moiran Martell's invasion came. Hmm. He mounted Vermithor, and his sons Aemon and Baelor also were on dragons. The three obliterated the Dornish fleet, in a single day, the war was over. Wow. Yeah. That's just, like, amazing. Yeah. And it's just, like... <sighs> That's pretty like, cool. That is, yep. So now, okay, here's the long and really sad part of the podcast as we get to. Yeah. Where it becomes just this really miserable soap opera. Oh, no. I have to speak about the sad fate of the children of Jaehaerys and Alisane. Alice, what? Yeah. And um, <laughs> as we're going to get to, I'm going to kind of, well, we'll get into it a little bit, but he reminds me of two very specific people in history that I'll say who in just a little bit. Alisane would give birth to 13 children. Jesus. Of those children, only two would survive Jaehaerys and Alisane in their lifetime. Wow. Three died in infancy, and the aforementioned Daenerys died in her adolescence from the shivering sickness. Okay, I'll say it right now. I've already said that. So he reminds me a lot of like this poor fate of mm -hmm. of like Ramses the Great and like yes. Augustus and even like poor Marcus Aurelius of like Marcus Aurelius. Like people don't know, like he had thirteen kids as well, mm -hmm. and Commodus was a twin. Right. And Marcus Aurelius had only three of his 13 kids survive. Yeah. And, like, poor Augustus, like, I, like he chose Tiberius as his reign because he kind of, like, ran out of other options. Right, because they all kept, all kept offing each other. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> dying of sickness and, and a little bit offing each other. Yeah. And, like, and just, like, Ramsey's, like, he outlived some of his grandkids. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, it's, like, oh, this is, like, the one, like, downside of being a long-reigning monarch is stuff like this can happen. Right. So, Jaehaerys' oldest son was named Aemon. He was the model of what his father was like, and everyone agreed he would make a great king. Mm -hmm. He was married to his aunt, Jocelyn Baratheon, and had a daughter named Rhaenys. The second son was named Balon, and he was nicknamed Balon the Brave. He was more of a warrior of the two older brothers, and he had a friendly rivalry with his his brother, Aemon. Mm -hmm. 
He always tried to best his brother. Oh, he, no. he would marry his tomboyish sister, Alyssa. Alyssa what? had... Alyssa had mismatched eyes, curiously like Tyrion Lannister's mismatched eyes. Mm. Only hers were green and purple. Alyssa had a broken nose that never healed correctly and was somewhat uncouth for a princess. She adored dragging riding and was bold. Balon and Alyssa loved each other and had two sons, Viserys and Daemon. Tragically, Alyssa would die giving birth to a son who died months after his mother. Mm. Balon would never look at another woman, which became important later on. Mm -hmm. The next of the children was Megel, who was de more devoted to prayer and eventually became a septa. She would be so kind-hearted and was able to be the conciliator of her, of her own family, as she mm -hmm. was able to convince her father and mother to reconcile during their two public separations. Mm. She would sadly contract grayscale from treating those afflicted with it. Ah. Just awful, but sad, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. The next of the group of the children was the son, Vagon, and the daughter, Dela. Vagon preferred books, and when it was told that he was to marry Dela, he was disgusted. Vagon said that Dela was an idiot, and any child of Dela would be stupid. Dela <laughs> wept at this, and Alyssa chucked wine at his face. Ah. All Vagon said was he had, she had wasted good wine. <laughs> Alisane and Jaehaerys realized that Vagon and Dela would not work out as a couple So they hoped when Vagon got older he would find some woman who was more to his liking mm -hmm. But he showed no interest in girls or boys as he was older Still preferring books <clears throat> So after consulting Maester Benefer, They asked if he would be fit to be a maester and Benefer flat out said he isn't because he is too blunt and harsh to be educating kids and treating the sick. Wow. But they said he was good to be an archmaester, someone who just handled the books at Old Town in the, in the Citadel. So after consulting Maester Benefer, they decided he, he would be sent to be trained as an archmaester. Right. He accepted without a single hint of objection. Hmm. Dela, meanwhile, was proving Vagon somewhat right, as she was a shrinking violet that was scared by almost everything. <laughs> she was terrified of cats after one scratched her. She hated dragons. She was yeah. even afraid of crowds of people. Oh, great. This made finding a husband difficult, as she was very picky. At it's one like point, she was... like the Sheldon Cooper of... Uh, it's like the Sheldon Cooper... Oh, yes, very much, yeah. Oh, God. Just like, at one point she was close to marrying a man, only oh. to object when she determined that he worshipped the old gods. Oh, for the love of. With her repulse that she would be married before a tree, and that she would not go to the afterlife for blaspheming the gods. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, like, the thing is, like, I can picture all of this, like, being real. Like, I can picture, a, a, like, a spoiled, like, princess being that kind of silly. Oh. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Jaehaerys began to become impatient and demanded that Dela be married within the year and sarcastically suggested gathering a hundred men and getting them naked for Dela to pick. Ah. When Alisane said that such a sight would frighten her, Jaehaerys replied, a hundred naked ducks would frighten Dela. 
Dela ended up surprising everyone by marrying Lord Aaron of the Vale, who was Ooh. significantly older than her and had three children, one of whom was Dela's age. Okay. She liked okay. the Eerie and her older husband, and his two older children adored Dela. Her older daughter did not like her, but yeah. Mm. However, she would die in childbirth, giving birth to a daughter. Alisane would be very hurt by this and blame Jaehaerys for forcing Dela to marry. Aw. That is sad. It is. And it just gets sadder. Oh, and, no. And awful. Mm. Although this next one is going to be interesting. Next to the sad and tragic story of Jaehaerys and Alisane's kids was the story of Sarah Targaryen. Oh, no. This story is really dirty. <laughs> okay. Sarah, whose name is spelled funny, it's spelled S-A-E-R-A, George, can, George R. R. Martin can never resist spelling a name a little bit different. Yeah, that's interesting. And just a fun thing, I guess. Interesting. Hmm. Sarah was a clever girl who liked to commit countless pranks and try to get her parents' attention. Oh, no. She kind of suffered a little bit of the middle child syndrome a little bit. Yeah, clearly. It seems. The boys were mostly amused by the antics, but the elders were not. Great. Sarah later had two female companions that she traveled with. Okay. When she reached her age of courting and potential marriage, she had three favorite suitors that she spent most of her time with, along with her female friends. Yes. Then a scandal happened. I love how you're just waiting to hear the foot drop. Yep. Then a scandal happened where... the three suitors were found in a brothel, forcing the court's fool to have sex with a prostitute. They let wow. slip. Yep. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that's earlier... Al- that's almost, that, would, that would be hilarious to watch. It, kind of like it's like an awful black comedy kind of moment. Like, this is, so, this is so sick, it's funny. Oh, by the way, earlier, Sarah forced the court fool to... She was like the, the special target for all of her practical jokes. Yeah. She forced him to try to get on the Iron Throne, and of course he cut himself mercilessly on it. Jesus. Yeah. Mm. But the three suitors let slip that it was Sarah's idea to force the fool to have sex with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. The suitors were sent to the dungeon, but denied that Sarah had any knowledge. Mm-hmm. Alisane in- inter- interrogated her two companions and found out far more than she ever wanted to know. They revealed that Sarah had enjoyed practicing kissing and much more with her two companions. Of course. Later, she had sex with all three of the boys and forced her friends to partake, with the result being one of them got pregnant. Oh, fuck. Fudge. When Sarah confronted, was confronted, she gave an amazing performance, as the later historians note, where she went through every possible emotion... She denied, then she tried to explain away, then she wept, until finally she was unmasked herself and admitted to everything. Huh. Sarah somewhat laughed about how she had deceived the boys into thinking they each had her virginity. Jesus. Yeah. I kind of feel sorry, I kind of feel sorry for, the, uh, for the interrogator. <laughs> well, that, that was her mother and father who heard this. Like, they confronted her. Well, like and, being, well and being the mother and father, being the mother and father, if they didn't know, they were certainly suspicious. Well, okay, she 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 reminds me a lot of like 
of Augustus's daughter Julia, who oh no, yeah, did this kind of stuff, and like, kind of like true to what the what like is portrayed in I Claudius. I think Augustus kind of like didn't have a clue, mm-hmm. and neither does Jaharis. He was just like Jaharis was appalled and wrathful, while Alisane was horrified. Oy. Sarah's non-pregnant female friend was forced to marry one of Sarah's suitors. Yeah. Neither of the remaining boys wanted to marry the pregnant girl who was sent to the Septas. Fair enough. And Sounds about right. The second boy was given the choice of banishment or taking the black. He chose banishment and died in exile. Oh. The third was nicknamed the Stinger and was the worst of the bunch. Oh, Harris said the singer was worse than Luca- Sir Lucamore the Lusty, and rather than geld him, the king wanted to cut off his nose and break his limbs and ensure they did not heal properly. <laughs> the stinger was given the option of trial by combat, which in his haughtiness he agreed to and wondered which of the king's guard he would fight. Instead, Jaharis, in his fifties, said he would fight the st- stinger. Jaharis showed that he was still quite a warrior and easily decapitated the stinger. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah, he's a pretty awesome dude. Oh, yeah. Sarah was sent to a tower where she was supposed to repent and pray. Later, Septon Benefer, oh no, not Septon, Maester Benefer, sorry for the mix-up, theorized that she would have been forgiven if she had done this. Instead, Sarah escaped, pushing an old Septa down a flight of stairs. Jesus. Yeah. She sold herself as a prostitute on the ships and later became a great prostitute who commanded a harem on lease. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, a princess. A princess becoming a uh, a madam. Yes. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, but not actually as bizarre as you might think. There was a there was a Chinese pirate. Um, I think her name Madam Gao or something like that. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Started off. She started off as a prostitute and um, commanded the largest pirate fleet of all time. And retired, basically owning a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, houses of pleasure. Yeah, I've heard of this woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. legitimate businesswoman. Yeah, and no one, no one really did anything because a she paid them off, and b uh, no one cared. Uh-huh. Genuinely, no one cared. Yeah. Mm. So, when Alisane lost Dela. She begged Jaharis to write to Sarah to plead for her to return. Jaharis angrily refused and then paused. He said that he knew what she was thinking. She was thinking of flying over to Lise on her dragon. But he said that this was a silly idea as it presumed that Sarah would want to go, which was not likely. That the brothel leaders would let her go, again, not likely. And that it would all go smoothly, which in all likelihood, it would not. Oh, God. It would lead to an incident that would need an army and even a potential war all over a whore. Oh, no. Jaharis said that Sarah was dead to him and she w- should be to Alisane. Alisane was so grossly offended by this that she flew off to Dragonstone with her youngest daughter, Gael. Wow. Jaharis went on a long tour of the south. When that ended, he toured the west. As this went on, Aemon and Balon met their father and asked him to return to King's Landing. Yeah. 
but he turned them down, saying it was fine in their hands and with their mother. Uh-oh. Lords began to notice Queen Alisane's absence from Jaehaerys during this progress and began sending young maidens and beautiful widows to sit next to Jaehaerys. Jaehaerys did not take any interest in them, and when one of them was bold enough to sit on his lap, he outright said that he had no interest in a paramour, as he had a wife waiting for him. <laughs> the period, well, undying loyalty. I'll give him credit for that, but boy, you know this is going to end badly. Well, just keep listening. I'm listening. The period that would come to be known as the first quarrel was ended by the, their daughter, Megel, coming to remind her father that her granddaughter, Rhaenys, was getting married to Corlys Valerian, the sea snake, and she would want all the family there. Mm. It worked, and the king and queen attended his granddaughter's wedding. Aww. It was later said that it was one of Alysanne's last happy days. Aww. To get back to the sad tragedy of Jaehaerys' children... Mm-hmm or otherwise known as the days of Westeros' lives. Right. We now turn to their daughter, Viserra. Viserra was young and enjoyed flirting with boys, but un- but Alisane knew that she was not like Sarah. Viserra wanted to be queen, and had her eyes on her brother, Balon. Aemon was married. Balon had- yeah, because Balon now is single at this time. Aemon is still married. Balon had no interest in her as he mourned for Alyssa. Viserra was engaged to a Manderly, which she hated. She begged her father to let her marry someone else, but he was adamant. Okay. Viserra then tried to seduce Balon by going into his bedroom and stripping naked. He... <laughs> Go for it. Just try be all end all. Yep. He was not interested and had her leave. Viserra resigned to her fate, had one last party with her friends where she got incredibly drunk. She huh. fell off a, of a horse and died. Oh, that's somewhat anticlimactic. Yeah. It was, yeah, oh yeah. Like, there's, there's plenty of fans who complain about this. It's like, what? That's how they died? It was like, yeah. But that's like history also. It was like, some people like, just die randomly and... Oh, yeah. You're going to hear a little bit more of that. Spoilers. To put it in perspective, you want to talk about random... Uh, King, You know the, that I love this guy. King Richard I um, was besieging a castle in France, got shot by an arrow by a kid. Um, the Brainiac was not wearing any armor during the yeah. siege. Um, wound went gangrenous, and uh, he died that way. Now, here's yeah. the funny part. He said, uh, the, the boy who shot him was to be forgiven... And given a full pardon, his men flayed him alive. Ah, I know, that's just like, that's so horrible. That's so horrible, but just the situation is almost hilarious. It, it is. Just like, it was like, why would you go to battle without armor? Well, it's like, why would you go to battle with our armor? You got killed by a kid. You forgave the kid. And yet, he meets you in the afterlife. Yep. Uh, well. Like I said, that's history for you. Yep, history. Continue. So lastly of the children not spoken about yet was the daughter, Gael. Gael was a simple girl that Alisane was very protective of, and she kept around most of the time. Hmm. However, Gael was seduced by a knight who abandoned her. She got, 
She got pregnant, but the child was stillborn, and Gael committed suicide in grief, drowning herself wow. in the river. Okay, that's sad. Yeah. That's genuinely quite sad. That is terrible. But here's the what's kind of going to break your heart. Oh, no. Alisane was said to have taken this so hard that she said that the goddess, the mother, loved her children more than her as she took so many of them. Wow. So, to continue this sad picture, I'm sorry it does not end. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go a little bit to the east, where in the city of Mirin... Huh. I wonder if that will ever come back up in the series. Mm-hmm. There was a period of war and struggle for power that resulted in the losers fleeing to the west. They had become little more than a pirate band that invaded Tarth. Ah. Prince Aemon was sent out to deal with the issue. There, Prince Aemon tragically took a poison crossbow bolt to the neck. Jesus. And by the way, like as they say, like they had no idea they were shooting at the prince. They just thought they were shooting at a soldier. Mm. Prince Balon took this news badly as he mounted his dragon and destroyed the entirety of the invaders' fleet. He then joined the ground troops and killed many. He later returned, and while hailed as a hero, Balon went to his knees before his mother and wept. I killed thousands of them, but I couldn't bring Aemon back. Aww. Yeah. Pulls at your heartstrings? Yeah, it does. After Aemon died, there was the awkward issue of succession to raise. Aemon did not leave behind a son, but instead a daughter, Rhaenys, who was married to Corlys Valerion, the master of ships, and she was pregnant. Jaehaerys consulted Septon Barth, who advised the king to favor Balon as his heir, as he was the pro- in the prime of his life and experience compared to Rhaenys and her unborn child. Huh. Rhaenys and the sea snake did not take well to this. Neither did Aemon's widow Jocelyn Baratheon and her no. brother Borman Baratheon. Jesus. But the most prominent dissenter was Queen Alysanne, who famously said, it takes a strong ma- mind and a good heart to rule, not a cock. If your grace has no need of a woman, then you will have no need of me. She left to Dragonstone and remained for two years before her daughter Septa Megel convinced them both to reconcile. Okay. So, Megal is this really un, unsung hero who was able to repair the... Hey, she's repaired. She's, she's the one who's repairing all the relationships. In her own family. Right. Poor girl. She then, like, would die a little bit after this. Aww. So, yeah. Uh, and, like, Alysanne was aware and knew it happened. Uh. Queen Alysanne would pass, peacefully pass away in her 60s. Pretty she what? Is it good age? Yeah. And like middle age standards, that's that's old. Yeah, that's very old. <clears throat> she thankfully did not have to see her son die the next year. Mm. Balon the Brave was hand of the king, and everyone agreed he would be a great king. But he one day complained of stomach pains and would die days later from a ruptured stomach. Wow. Just like, yeah, just like so random, like what? Huh. That is very random. Um, it's, it's apparently a little bit inspired by um, uh, a prince that was known as the Black Prince. Oh, yes. Uh, Edward III, I believe. Yes. Who is also like the inspiration for um, uh, Rhaegar. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. With Aemon and Balon 
Balon gone, the question of succession rose once more, as Rhaenys had given birth to a young boy, Laenor Valerian. Hmm. While Balon had two sons, Viserys and Daemon Targaryen. Okay. Still, Jaehaerys had a surviving son, Archmaester Vagon, who was summoned to King's Landing. But rather than press his rights as heir, Vagon advised his father to gather all of the lords to summon a great council where they would debate and choose the next king. Okay. Jaehaerys agreed and had all the lords go to Harrenhal, which even as a broken castle was a gigantic castle that could house all of the lords of Westeros. Nice. Jaehaerys did not partake in the debates, and we won't detail them as much in this episode. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'll just say that Balon's son Viserys was named the heir. Okay. Jaehaerys was an old man, and his mind was beginning to fade away. He named mm-hmm. Otto Hightower as Hand of the King. Mm-hmm. His daughter, Allison would be at his bedside. Uh, Lord Hightower's daughter, mm-hmm. Alicent Hightower. In his confused state, King Jaehaerys became convinced Alicent was his daughter, Sarah, which tells me the estrangement haunted him forever. Yes. Jaehaerys died in his bed as Alicent read to him. Mm-hmm. He would never know how consequential that woman would be. Oh, hmm. so you'll find out in a couple episodes. <laughs> and that's the story of Jaehaerys Targaryen. Hmm. A good story. A long story, but a good story. Yes. Um, I think for this one, uh, we'll leave you with the story, and uh, attached to this episode immediately, we'll jump right into uh, the rating systems, just to keep things uh, fairly coherent. Because that, for for the viewers, and even for myself, that's a lot of information to take down. Yes. As I said, it's a long episode. This is our longest, so um, we'll we'll talk and, de- and debate next episode. Um, we'll see how long that will be, but we will get into like the, his score and everything mm-hmm. in that episode. And I think, actually, um, just because of the way it works out, we can also include the supplemental episode about the fate of Reyna Targaryen, the, mm-hmm. the wife of Magor and Aegon the Uncrowned, as well as the the sad and horrific fate of princess area so tune in for that okay thank you so much for listening and this has been a lot of fun this is ranking thrones i'm james kelly i'm evan camacho see you soon see you soon